Happy Wednesday, everyone. Welcome to this episode of the Rogers Radio Podcast. someone here that I look up to greatly. Uh, I don't even think I have relayed that message to her. <laughs> um, I told Joey last night that I'm just really nervous about this one because I just have someone so great here today. I have the Executive Director of the Southern Virginia Higher Education Center here today, Dr. Betty Adams. I look up to her. She is a role model to me in this community, and I am just so excited to have her here. Welcome, Dr. Adams. Alyssa, thank you. I don't know that I deserve all those accolades, but I'll take them. And uh, I'm excited to be part of this, and thank you for the opportunity. Absolutely, absolutely. When I started this, you were at the top of my list, and when you responded and said that you were excited to do it, I said, oh my gosh, now I have to perform. I have to actually do good and be prepared for this. So I just can't wait to get to know you better and hear your story, because I've never really heard your story. I just see what you do in the community and how much you give back to the community and what you've been able to do at the Higher Education Center. So I just want to get to know you better. Well, I'm, I'm happy to, to provide you with more information. And um, I mean, the job that I have at the Higher Ed Center is the best job I've ever had in my whole entire life. So it's a blessing. It's wonderful that I was able to come home and work in the community. So I'm happy to share. Yes. Well, let's get started. Okay. Tell me about your background and the path that led you to this career. Okay, well, it, it wasn't linear, I can say that. <laughs> so um, I always wanted to come back home after graduating from Radford. Um, I don't know why, but I told myself that I did not want to be in education when I oh. went to school. Uh, my parents were uh, a lower middle class, um, and really couldn't give me a lot of guidance about what to take in college, so I was mm -hmm. kind of on my own. And um, most of my classmates at that time were all going to be teachers or nurses, and I just decided I wanted to be different. I wanted yes. to do something different. So I had been uh, a high school athlete um, and enjoyed uh, recreation, and so I ended up in the recreation administration department uh, and I also got uh, a minor in social work. So I wanted to work with at-risk youth. Okay. So that was what I wanted to do. But then when I graduated in 81, um, we were in recession and there were no jobs. Mm -hmm. So I came home, I, I interviewed for a couple of jobs, but I didn't get them. And then I had to pay off my student loans. So I had to get a job fast. So uh, I worked my way through college. Uh, I worked two jobs, and one of those jobs was working at Hardee's making biscuits. Wow, okay. So I would be at the restaurant at 4 o'clock in the morning. I would make biscuits, and at 11 o'clock, clean the ovens and the pans, go to school, go to classes, and then in the afternoons, I'd work at the cafeteria or the health center or at the gym. Um, and so when, uh, all four years, I worked at Hardee's. So when I graduated and couldn't find a job, I went to my supervisor and said, look, you know my work ethic. I've worked for you for almost four years now. I've got a degree, you know, what can you offer me? So they made me assistant breakfast manager, <laughs> which there was no such position. 
they just gave me another 25 cents more an hour. And I had uh, the responsibility of coming in and opening the restaurant and turning on the fry vats and turning on the ovens and making the first batch of biscuits. But anyway, I impressed them enough that they sent me to manager training school in Durham. And they were impressed with me there and they recruited me to come work with them. So then I worked at that uh, Hardee's um, uh, group and then was recruited by another Hardee's group and ended up helping develop a management training center that I oversaw. So I got involved in education whether I liked it or not. Um, I also, before that, uh, worked as a multi-unit supervisor for Hardee's restaurants. Uh, and I did that when I was in my 20s, so I didn't know what the heck I was doing. <laughs> but um, people seemed to think I was doing a good job, so I went with it. But anyway, um, long story short, um, the, the man who owned the last Hardee's um, group that I worked for brought in um, a consultant from New York City to do an assessment of all his leadership, including me. Mm-hmm. And uh, the, the consultant basically said after, and they gave us intelligence tests and we had to do in-basket uh, exercises and we had interviews. After it was all said and done, the consultant said, well, I would only keep two of your people. And I was one of those. Oh, awesome. And, but what they, the consultant told me was that I, I had a real good, um, mind for business, but I didn't have the educational background. Hmm. And they really encouraged me to go back to school. So I went and got my MBA at East Carolina University. I became a teaching assistant in the research, marketing research department. And that's when the, the, the switch flipped for me. Yeah. And I realized, you know what, I want to I wanna pursue education. And so then I realized after getting my MBA and then East Carolina University uh, recruited me to be their first Associate Dean of Professional Programs. Um, and I worked there for five years, but I realized I needed to get my doctoral degree. Uh-huh. But I couldn't take two years with no salary again like I had done right. to get my M- MBA. I-, I was at a different point in my life, and most doctoral programs you have to give up five years. Um, and so, but I learned that uh, there was a-, a program at NC State. Uh, and there were opportunities in the community college system. Mm-hmm. So I went on and got my doctoral degree, worked at both um, rural and urban community colleges, and then had been promoted to a big job at the system office working directly with the chancellor. Then my father took a fall here in South mm-hmm. Boston and was hospitalized. And, um, and actually, my whole family was estranged from my father. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I, because I'm the oldest and the closest, I came to take care of him. And while he was in the hospital, his uh, interim minister came in and started talking to me and asked me if I'd heard about the job at the higher ed center. And so, of course, Daddy was just, he was upset about that. He came, he raised up out of the bed and said, she's got a good state job. <laughs> and I said, Daddy, this would be a good state job, too. Yeah. So, anyway, long story short, I applied out of 150 people. Really? I was selected, and I got to, I lived with Daddy for the first year. Yeah. And and uh, it was wonderful because uh, we we really were able to put the past to rest yeah. and and embrace what we had 
And, uh, and then I was able to take care of him until he passed in 2014. So uh, it was not a linear path. There were some really rough times. Nothing is worse than getting, you know, graduating with the top of your class yes. from Radford and not having a job. Yeah. It was awful. And, but, but now I look back and I'm grateful for everything that I had to do to get where I am now because now I have the best job in the whole wide world. I work with the best group of people I've ever worked with in my whole life. It's amazing and I pay attention uh, to what you said in the beginning. Uh, when you were at parties, you asked for what you wanted. You said, what can I do to better myself and to stay here. I need something more. And I tell our entire team that at Rogers, and it was the best piece of advice I've received along the way is they don't know what you want unless you tell them. Exactly. They don't know what's going on in here. Right. And they right. have to know what you want so they can get you in the room with the people you need to be in that's the room right. with. So that's exactly it right. just sounds like that's how it all started. And mm -hmm. then it led you to this education mm -hmm. that background that you didn't even know that you wanted to do. So yeah. it's really amazing what you've been able to accomplish. And, you know, with that being said, what characteristics do you think that you have that has just helped you become successful in your career and kind of led the way for you? Well, I think, I think a lot of it goes back to my family and my father yeah. teaching me a work ethic. And, you know, oh, no yeah. job is worth doing if it's not worth doing well. And I always strive to do my best and then try to do it even better the next time. So that work ethic is, is very important. I think communication skills, sure. very, very important. Um, every facet of my job involves being able to communicate, uh, whether that's with my staff or with my board or uh, with the, uh, the governor's office. Um, I'm working on a budget request yeah. now. You've got to, you know, make your request fit into a little box. So wow. you have to use just the right words. Um, and I will say that I got a terrific uh, um, background in English and writing mm -hmm. in Halifax County. Yeah. Uh, Ms. Mercer, Ms. Connor, uh, Ms. Penick. Uh, all of those teachers helped make me uh, a good communicator, I really believe. And there's so much that's offered in these rural communities that really, you know, they allow people to go out into the world, but they just provide us so much and people just don't understand how much can be provided in a small town like this, especially with the higher ed center too. Exactly. And, 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 the, and another thing that I would mention too is that I just don't give up. And I don't yes, give up. you don't. I appreciate that so much about you. And, um, and I think part of that is because if I believe in something, I'm going to give it my all. And, you know, and what I have been able to do is I've had people in this community that I could lean on when mm -hmm. I was having, you know, difficulty. And they would help buck me up and say, Betty, hang in there. We're behind you. So, you know, I just, I don't give up easily. It sounds like you have a great support system and, you know, you lead a lot of people. You have a lot of people that look up to you and look to you for support. And, you know, what would you say your leadership style is like? Well, I think, and of course, you, you would have to ask my people if this is true, <laughs> but I would like to think that my leadership style is transformational, and, and that involves the ability to inspire, to motivate, and to listen. Mm -hmm. And kind of the four hallmarks of that include, first of all, having a unified mission that you can get behind. 
And that's easy at the higher ed center. So our mission is to advance the economic potential of Southern Virginia through education, innovation, and collaboration. We are helping people transform their lives through education. Mm -hmm. We are changing lives. So that's, it's real easy to get behind that. Mm -hmm. um, another aspect is one size doesn't fit all. So what will mm -hmm. motivate one person may not motivate another person. You've got to find out, you've got to talk to people, and you've got to make individual um, uh, consideration. Um, I think the other thing is, and I made a note here, uh, to create a safe space where people can share their ideas, um, challenge the, the current thinking, mm -hmm. take risks, and even fail if necessary. Wow. Powerful. So, you know, I, re I really, we do a lot of talking, I do a lot of listening. Um, and again, that's where that communication comes right. in. And I think the other other component of that style is I have to set the example. Mm -hmm. So I've got to be willing to get in there and get dirty when it's necessary. And I'm not talking literally, but you know, put in the hours and um, and 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 be ethical mm -hmm. and and set the the moral high ground. Yeah. And what advice? would you give someone that's starting their career right now? They're just starting. What advice would you give them? Oh, wow. I wish somebody had given me advice <laughs> when I was just starting out because I just kind of fell into yeah, it. Exactly. And, and, and combined with not giving up. So, you know, I, I would say that, um, you know, it's hard to know what you want to do for the yes. rest of your life when you're at that age. So I think at, at, at the core, you want to go toward what attracts you, what you feel joy doing. Mm. And that might not fit what other people think, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and, and so you've just got to learn to listen, you know, and uh, trust your intuition. And um, this is something that, that I've shared with others, and I, I attributed it to Maya Angelou, but I think it was Oprah, actually, who said it, is that the universe, or God, speaks to you in, in different ways. First, it's a whisper. If you don't listen to that whisper, then you get a tap on the shoulder. Mm -hmm. If you don't pay attention to that tap on the shoulder, you might get a brick upside your head, mm. and then you might fall through the brick wall. Mm. So the point I'm trying to make is that life is going to help point you in the right direction, but you've got to learn to pick up on, on those signals. Mm. So whether that situation or that person is not a good fit for you, mm -hmm. you've got to be willing to, to listen. And sometimes it takes getting hit with a brick a couple of times yeah. to wake you up. Wow, that, that's really powerful. Really, really powerful. I look up to you as a role model. <laughs> I know other people do. What does that mean for you? I mean, you're a leader. So what does it mean to you to be a leader? Um, wow. Well, obviously, tremendous responsibility. Yeah. Um, and um, I don't know that I feel deserving of being looked up to because all I've ever done is just try to do what's right and work hard. Um, and, of course, working to improve my community. I mean, what better job right. is it than that? So... Um, so ask me the question again. What is it? How does it feel to be a leader? And what does that mean to you when knowing that people look up to you? You know, I really don't have time during the day to even <laughs> consider that, Alyssa. 
Really, seriously. I, I mean, I am zoned into the work at hand. I very rarely have an opportunity to think about that. And if it did, yeah. it might get in my way. Yeah, I can understand that. <laughs> what is a lesson you've learned along this journey that you kind of take with you every day? Um, I, I think what I've already shared, and that is trusting your instinct and your intuition. If something feels wrong, it probably is. If something feels right, then gravitate toward it. Mm. Um, and, and, and that has, you know, I learned that lesson the hard way um, when I was in my uh, 20s. Um, and uh, it led to a lot of heartache and heartbreak. But once I got through that and, and looked back and thought, okay, what did I do to put myself in that situation? It was because I wasn't listening uh. to my intuition and, and to my instincts. So Yeah, and so with that being said, what motto do you live by? What is one of the mottos? Never give up. Yes, I love it. <laughs> and it's all about communication and listening and you know, and it means so much and it can be so easy to say, Oh, you just have to communicate better, you just have to be a better communicator. It's a it's something you have to practice every oh, day. Absolutely. Communicating and listening. Yes. And you're so right. <laughs> and just go in the path and, and I have people ask me, How do you do this? or how do you, you know, get better how can I get better at this? And you just have to practice you, exactly. every day and never give up, like you said. Yeah, and one of the early um, um, courses that I took in the Hardy's Management mm -hmm. Program talked about communication. And one of the things, and I still this, do this today, is that when I have an important communication um, a situation, I sit down and make notes and then I practice. Love Even it. if it's just... You know, um, if I've got a counseling session with somebody, which mm -hmm. doesn't happen very often, mm -hmm. but or I'm meeting a, a customer or a potential donor, I will write down and make an outline and then practice it. Even now, after all, all the many times that I have communicated, I still fall back on that practice. Well, I'm going to take that with me. This is like what I have learned because you are in... I truly mean this. When I think of one of the best public speakers in this community, you're one of them. And it just goes to show it's because you practice and you're prepared. Yes. And so I'm going to take that piece of advice because I, I don't think many people do that. Mm -hmm. And you mm -hmm. just come so prepared and your message is so clear every time that I've heard you speak. And I just look Thank up to that so well. much. Um, that. We're very goal-driven at Rogers and um, it's very important for us to know um, each other's goals so every employee here I know what their one two and three year goals are personally and professionally um, so we can help them achieve it and you know sometimes we look at people that seem to be on the top or they're leaders and they're leading a bunch of people and we never ask them what their goals are so I'm gonna ask you today what are your current goals what are you working on what are you trying to achieve um, now, a personal or professional? Both. If you want to share, I'd love to hear. <laughs> I'd love to hear it. Well, you know, professionally, we're trying to, um, you know, recover from COVID. Sure. And, and, and I'm excited to report that from last year, from 2021 to 2022, our workforce training programs have increased enrollment 44%. 
Wow, from, that's awesome. From fall of last year to fall of this year, our community college enrollment has almost doubled. That's awesome. So we are back, y'all. Yes. And so, uh, so now, uh, of course, you know, we had we ate through a lot of our um, um, seed corn that we had saved during mm -hmm. uh, COVID uh, to keep things going and keep people paid. Right. So now we're working on trying to find the resources to keep growing. Mm -hmm. So, and from a personal standpoint, one of the things that, that I'm trying to do is to lose the weight that I've gained <laughs> over the last 14 years. That's actually my year and goal and, too. And I have lost weight, but Good it's for you. It, it's a long term thing. Mm -hmm. So you know, when I turned sixty, which was three years ago, um, <clears throat> I decided I was going to do something um, to to show that I still had it. Yeah. So my husband and I walked across England. Good for 200 you. Two hundred miles. Really? So, yes. That is awesome. Took us sixteen days. And it was wonderful. We had the best time. It was the hardest thing I've ever done, Alyssa. I trained. We both trained and weren't prepared. For so what was the hard... Is it mental or is it physical or is it just all of the above? I, well, um, we weren't prepared for the climbing that was okay. involved. There was a lot of mountain climbing. Um, and in fact, one of the, the walks, one of the, um, the days involved... Uh, what they call a scramble, and you have to get on your hands and knees and crawl across the top. Wow. And so Greg was having to pull me over. <laughs> so <laughs> so anyway, um, yeah, it was, it, it was amazing. But, you know, it, it, I knew I don't really compete with other people. I compete with myself. And so I knew if I made that plan to go do that walk, even though I didn't know everything that was involved, I knew I would start getting in shape. Mm -hmm. And then ever since then, I, I have continued that. So um, I, I'm within maybe seven pounds of my goal weight. Just so, go get her in life and, and Well, and everything. you know, I have invested so much of my life in work. Sure. And so I want to make sure that I'm healthy from here yes. on out. And carrying that extra weight around the middle is not healthy. <laughs> it's not. No. <laughs> well, I know you can lose that last seven. And that, you are a go-getter for sure. <laughs> Uh, what are some of the um, programs that the Southern Virginia Higher Education offers? And if someone is interested, how, where do they find that information? So um, we are so fortunate in our community to have access to the resources that we provide. And so our motto is your opportunity lives here. So we provide mm -hmm. all kinds of opportunities mm -hmm. for educational uh, pursuits. Uh, what we've tried to focus on are programs, college degrees, and training credentials that lead to high demand careers that mm -hmm. will pay well. So we don't want people investing their time and money to get a degree or credential that's not going to get them a job, preferably in the region. Yes. So uh, we, uh, five years ago, started the Career Tech Academy. So, and even before, seven years before that, where we had previously 
just been a facilitator to, to, to make it affordable for colleges and universities to bring their programs here, we began developing and delivering our own non-credit training. And that came about because employers like Rogers mm -hmm. came to us and said, we really don't need to send people to one and two year degree programs. We just need short term training. Here are the credentials that we need. Mm -hmm. And so from there, you know, we've gone on to offer, you know, HVAC, welding. Uh, the IT Academy is just going like crazy. Automation technician. Um, and and then the Career Tech Academy, we are serving juniors and seniors in three public school systems. Wow. So they can get dual enrollment credit and industry credentials. Um, we recently, in the last uh, completion ceremony for our Career Tech Academy high schoolers, um, uh, Hitachi Energy get, yeah. offered 10 of the welders uh, full-time positions making more than $20 an hour. It's so awesome to see. So, uh, you know, I think the best way to get it, if you're interested, if you're listening to this today, you need to call us yes. or text us or email us. Uh, and you can email us at info at uh, svhec.org. Um, and uh, you can go on the website and look at the contact tab and you, uh, that mm -hmm. will list the, the different ways to get in touch with us. Um, but you need to speak to a person if possible. So don't give up if you get, <laughs> if you get push this number and nobody answers. Keep pushing until you get a person. Absolutely, and even as you know, a business owner, if we have ideas, all we do is go and we just talk to you know the staff about the ideas, and you know we can come up with something that works for everyone. But I mean, even if they don't offer the program now. That does not mean it never will be. Exactly. And what we also can do, and thank you for bringing that up, yeah. is we help students find the yes. programs that they need and put them in touch with those uh, institutions that offer them. And then if we get enough uh, requests, then we can take that and work on getting some funding to offer that. Yes. So it's just talking about what you want, asking for what That's you want, right. and not giving up. And, yep. you know, it'll, it'll come. And it's in our community. And it's yeah. here. You don't have to travel. Yeah. I mean, it's all here. And, and the other thing I don't think parents realize is that with the, the college transfer uh, option, uh, students can take the first two years general education courses and they will be accepted at any state-supported university. Mm -hmm. So they can take two years here and then go in as juniors. And it costs half the price. Yes. So, and great then saving. you have your pick at schools. Mm -hmm. It's not as easy going right out of high school and, and going to any school you want. Exactly. So, You're so right. It's, yep. They're doing amazing things. To all the listeners, the Southern Virginia Higher Education Center offers so many great programs. It's led by the one and only Dr. Betty Adams, and she is the best. And uh, so definitely get in touch with them uh, and take advantage of what's in our community because there's way more that is offered here than you could ever imagine. And my favorite question of all time that I ask everyone, and I'm going to tell you a little fun fact after you answer, but um, if you could have dinner with one living person outside of your family, who would it be? Well, 
I thought about this question a long time because yeah. I wasn't sure who that would be, and I've come to the to conclusion, and it's kind of ironic given the news that we've heard this morning. Yeah. I would want to have dinner with Queen Elizabeth. Okay. And, and the reason why is my husband and I visited yes. England. We had a fantastic visit. The people were wonderful. And then I've read a lot of books about her and about England, and she has experienced so much over her time. Absolutely. Uh, you know, and you know, recently, um, it just, it, it's hard to see what's happening in our country and world. And I mean, it just seems like everybody is at odds and, mm -hmm. you know, it's us against them. And I would be interested in what her perspective would be. I mean, I'm sure she's seen something like this before. Definitely. And, and you know, I would be interested in what her perception is and where she thinks this will go and what we as individuals can do. Yeah, I think that's a great answer. And that's a very good person to look up to. And Queen Elizabeth, if you're listening, <laughs> let's, get, let's get dinner. Um, fun fact is we ask this question in every single one of our interviews. And it's always the question that when we do hire um, the individuals, they say, that's the one question I went home and I really thought about. And I really tried to think of who I would want to have dinner with. And, and I... I, they often ask me who I would want to have dinner with. And so the fun fact is I always say you. <laughs> well, we've got to do yeah. something about that. I one. know. I always say that if I could choose someone, um, because the question started as, which I've tweaked it um, because I want to broaden it, but the question started originally as one living person in this community okay. outside of your family. And um, people really... <laughs> started to struggle a little bit so I said okay well let's just open it up but when it was that I always said you and oh so we'll and, have to and get we dinner can do that. I, I, you have a standing invitation <laughs> thank you whenever and wherever name thank the time you. and place thank you so much I uh I truly mean it when I say I look up to you I think everyone should because you have accomplished so much and you've done so much for our community and you continue to do so. And I just really appreciate you taking the time to talk with well, me today. It's an honor, Alyssa, and I look up to you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, everyone, for listening to this episode of the Rogers Radio Podcast. If you heard my giddiness and my nervousness, now you know why, because Dr. Betty Adams is amazing. And I just... Keep giving me this feedback, and I want to thank everyone for listening each week because the numbers are going up, um, and I'm just so glad that we can do this for you every week and you get to know these individuals that are making a difference in our community. So keep providing the feedback and click um, subscribe, and make sure you tune in next week. Thank you, guys.